There's so much health advice floating around, online, among friends. But who can you really trust? Trust the experts. Listen to the world's brightest medical minds, our very own Cleveland Clinic experts. We ask them real questions, tough and intimate health questions, and we get real answers, all originally recorded live. Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Nada Youssef, and you're listening to Health Essentials Podcast by Cleveland Clinic. Today, we're broadcasting from Cleveland Clinic main campus here in Cleveland, Ohio, and we're here with Dr. Ardashir Hashmi. Dr. Hashmi is the director of the Center for Geriatric Medicine at Cleveland Clinic, and today we're talking about aging well. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me on. Sure thing. And please remember, this is for informational purposes only, and it's not intended to replace your own physician's advice. So before we jump into topic, I'm going to ask you some maybe some personal questions so we get to know you better. Sure. All right. So first of all, what is the best place to be on a Friday night in Cleveland, in your well, opinion? Uh, the disclaimer I'll put is we have a two-and-a-half-year-old at home, so the oh. furthest we can venture out is a meal with family out, out and about, So, okay. uh, but that's very rewarding. Good, so good. That's so maybe Chuck E. Cheese, maybe. It's trending towards that now. Yes. That's exactly right. How about your best travel destination? Best travel destination is South Africa. South Africa. Uh, a lot of history, a lot of beauty, uh, you know, have always, always been wonderful visit and uh, get never tired of sort of going back and so taking going it all in. So you're going back soon? Uh, I hope so. I hope so? Good, good. <laughs> Excellent. You should. And then the best meal you've ever had? Best meal I've ever had is, um, again, with family. I'm a very big fi- uh, fan of seafood. Okay. Uh, all seafood, so yeah. anything seafood appeals to me, and uh, you know, very uh, spoiled uh, in the Cleveland area. Uh, yeah. I think there are a lot of really great celebrity chef restaurants and just uh, great eating places in and around us. So perfect, amazing, great, thank you. All right, well, let's get into topic. So most people know that geriatrics has something to do with the elderly, okay. but beyond that, there's a lot of confusion of what it is. Um, how it can help, how it's different maybe from seeing a primary care physician. Sure. So let's talk about what is uh, a geriatrician. So a geriatrician is a um, doctor who is a successful aging specialist. So they have additional training. They have given specialty certifying exams in successful aging. So uh, not just treating diseases of the elderly, but also preventing mm-hmm. uh, uh, the diseases of the elderly. And um, the um, interesting thing is that a lot of trends that we are hearing about, you know, throughout healthcare now, which are just commonsensical things, um, moving early, you know, er- exercise, um, and also working in teams, seeing a patient, following them wherever they are, in their home, mm-hmm. in the office, in the clinic setting, at in the hospital, you know, in the um, rehab setting. Mm-hmm. These things, these ideas have been part of geriatrics DNA for a long, long time. And so um, it's amazing and encouraging to see that we're part of very exciting times in healthcare where a lot of those successful aging concepts or geriatric concepts are being embraced by the larger community. Um, And our training is exactly in that. So Mm -hmm. I think it is as much to be um, a healer uh, for a lot of these, uh, you know, um, challenges that we face as we get older, but to really keep people in great shape. You know, I think people are living longer, but they're living better. And so we are the biggest advocate uh, for each one of us as we get older. Great. So you mentioned um, the term successful aging specialist. Yes. That's the same thing as a geriatrician? Absolutely the same thing, one and the same. And a lot of the times, I mean, I think, uh, you know, very naturally, 
patients and families will have a lot of um, conceptions about what they what what it takes to be sort of older and uh, sure. no one wants to be geriatric i don't want to be geriatric either <laughs> but do i want to age successfully absolutely i yeah. want to be you know physically and mentally fit uh for many many years to come so and when you say you age successfully and just like you mentioned earlier prevention sounds like that's key because you're not just seeing the specialist after you're sick but you get to see them to make sure that you're healthy and live a longer life you honed it on it perfectly perfect uh, prevention is the key keyword okay so how old do you need to be to see a successful aging specialist so it's interesting um by you know really conversations with our patients and families that can be anyone above the age of 50. Okay, and we so can talk more about why, why, why 50 and up. I yeah. mean, again, as I said, um, not anyone wants to be, it's not a age where we're suddenly geriatric, but in terms of successful aging, you can never start too early. That's true. Right? And so um, that's part of it. And the other part of that is as we are getting older, but we're also taking care of our loved ones who are getting older, um, we need help as well in right. doing that. And so a lot of the conversations around caregiving yeah. Uh, happened very early on, and many of those, um, you know, individuals are above the age of 50. And you know, I think something for all of us to um, look forward to in terms of more support and help. Great. So let's say you are a patient and you are about to see your doctor, Dr. Hashmi. What's involved in that visit? Because I know you've mentioned there's a lot of uh, different components that you get involved in with yeah. the patient. Yeah. So what does that first visit look like for our patients? Yeah, and I think it's an excellent question. I think also, um, you know, to include uh, a lot of times we get asked, well, how is it different from my visit with my primary care physician? Right, right so exactly. It is um, very distinct and unique. I mean, it would not help us if it was duplicating anything that your primary care physician does. Mm-hmm. So if I go in to talk to my primary care physician, I want to talk about them with, you know, diabetes or hypertension and things that I've been sort of, you know, uh, dealing with for a long time. The advantage, obviously, of that is that your primary care physician knows you well, you have a relationship with them that's right. been built over time. And we very much want you to have that. But we want you to have, in addition... Um, it's not an or, it's an addition would be to come and see your successful aging specialist at least once a year, you know, okay. sort of if not more often. And we will talk about issues that might not come up in conversations with your primary care physician. Like what? Four things mainly. I think, you know, you want your brain health to be, you know, top uh, uh, shape, you I know, throughout, throughout your life. You want your physical health mm-hmm. and, and, and strength and endurance to be, you know, preserved throughout life would be the second thing. Third thing would be to really look at your, a lot of your medications okay. and see which ones are really helping you and which ones were started a long time ago, but really now they're not really helping as much as our bodies change and which ones could be potentially even harmful and interacting I with see. a lot of other medications. So a lot of the conversation centers around getting off of any medications that are potentially harmful or okay. that are no longer helping. And I think the thing that is right at the core of this is really always starting, we start each visit with what matters most to you? What's most important to you in your life as well as your health care? Because if we know that, then everything else that we do works towards achieving that goal, right? I so see. it's putting that goal first. Um, all of this takes time, mm-hmm. right? And that is true of health care. You know, I think it's just the pressures that we all face of trying to see a doctor and how long we have to wait. And when we do go and see a primary care physician, you've got a limited amount of time. You've got about 20 minutes there, right? So there's a lot to cover. And then we, you know, not because anyone wants to, but just because of the time available, we're forced to prioritize. So the successful aging visit then allows 
the luxury of time. You know, mm-hmm. you can spend more like an hour initially, okay. you know, with not just your successful aging specialist, but it, as they say, it takes a village. So it's yeah. an entire team of individuals that comes together okay. and talks to you about whatever their level and area of expertise is in. So the pharmacist would talk to you about the medications. Mm. Um, if you are looking for, you know, your vision or hearing, you know, our team can do that. They can do those screenings right then and there. Yeah. And then the audiologist will will test your hearing and sort of, you know, give you an assessment there. So it's, you know, again, the team concept. I think you are getting a lot of services all in one place. Um, a lot of the times our patients will say, well, you know, normally and when I go to see my usual doctors, you know, either... I make a list and then I deal with the top three and then the other things on the list keep on getting deferred to the next visit. Sure. And so those conversations maybe sometimes never end up happening. I see. Or I get referred to like five different specialists in five different places and on five different days and now my daughter or my son has to take me, take right. time off from work. And so trying to really co-locate a lot of those things so that when you go for your visit, you get your money's worth um, yeah, and, and we can make it as high quality and cost effective for you as possible. And it, just like you said, it's customized. If you need something to do with vision, if you need nutrition, if you're traveling and needs something maybe with physical body. So you get to see these specialists all in one. Absolutely. That's phenomenal. I had no idea that, that yeah. was actually the visit you get to see everyone. So it's really one specialty that has more than one specialty within it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a team. It's yeah, a team that you see. It's definitely see. a team. Okay, so you talked about our ages, um, our age, our uh, bodies aging. Yeah. In our 60s and 70s, 80s, and maybe starting even 50s. How do our bodies age? Is there, I know everybody's different, right. but are there things you can talk about how our bodies age in those years? There are a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And this I'm talking about when they change, these are natural changes. These are normal changes that happen. There are about 52 different ways mm-hmm. between the age of 50 and 80 that our bodies change. And so, you know, it'll take a long time to sort of go through all of them. Yeah. But certain things that I will mention, which, you know, some things are more obvious, you know, our, our eyesight, our hearing, um, our memories, you know, all of that starts to change a little bit. You know, it's okay. more difficult to hear you or... Um, you know, I'm now ha- I'm now using um, uh, glasses for near vision suddenly, you know, for reading. Right. Um, and then also, you know, sort of why did I come into this room? That sort of thing, you know, in terms of forgetfulness. And a lot of that could be completely normal. But, uh, but to differentiate what's normal and what's not, those are the conversations that we have. Should be um, things that folks know, may not know about, and I want to mention like the top three really is. Yes. One is um, the importance of staying well hydrated. You know, okay. in the summer, but also during the winter. So our, uh, you know, early warning system for, you know, our bodies telling us, hey, you're dehydrated is our thirst. Yes. Right. And uh, we just don't get as thirsty. You know, that that sensation is like, you know, diminishes over time. The sensation, but your body still needs it. Your body still your body needs, needs it. it just your as body much, still needs it as much. Exactly. So you almost have to take it regularly, you know, proactively to sort wow. of make sure now it's time for me to take more fluid in and keep track of that. Um, knowing that you won't feel as thirsty, but your body may be getting dehydrated, which can lead to a lot of different things in terms of confusion, falls, and leading to actual people getting admitted to the hospital, which we want to obviously stay out of as much as possible. Um, Other things in terms of like eating, right? So I think it's, uh, what does that mean? I think that changes a lot as our bodies change over time. Um, A lot of our muscle tissue gets converted to fat tissue. Mm. And so while we may not look any different, but we feel sort of more tired, more weaker, yeah. and that's why that's happening. And so the emphasis on eating and eating right uh, then gravitates towards 
uh, protein intake and, and making sure that there is muscle buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the third thing that I'll mention is, um, which is a big one, is, you know, again, coming back to the medications. You yes. know, the kidneys and the liver are responsible for clearing a lot of these medications. As we get older, the body's ability to clear them well diminishes over time. Mm-hmm. So the same medicine may stay in your system for an extensive amount of time. So if we don't account for that, well, then the doses don't come down mm-hmm. and we don't get off the medications that are staying in the body and causing right. harm potentially. Right. So um, when we have those conversations, it's much about awareness, right? And you want to feel empowered to know what's changing with your own body sure. so that you can, can take charge of your own health sure. and, and make these adjustments that you know, I always say it's like a marathon. So you've got to pace yourself. The more you pace yourself, the more you make these adjustments of natural changes that are happening the longer that marathon will go for very, very successfully. And then, so if your bodies are changing 50s, 60s, 70s, are you still also changing the customized care for these patients as they get older? So maybe in their 60s, maybe they're focusing less on nutrition, more on like, let's say like therapy. Let's say someone's going through depression, you know, mental, you said brain health. Yeah. Is that also would be uh, involved? You would get like therapy involved in there and absolutely. customize it Absolutely, absolutely. And the, so the team team is uh, modifiable. It keeps on growing. Okay. It's a very uh, dynamic uh, sort of team that we work with. Tailored, as you absolutely and eloquently said, you know, to the needs of that individual patient. So mm-hmm. I am different than the next person, and so it should be, right? I mean, there that's the joy of diversity. Exactly. You know, we, we should uh, celebrate that. Sure. But in celebrating that, I think we need to tailor our visits, each visit, as you're coming through these different decades sure. of life, uh, to how your body is changing and what your needs are. Um, and so, um, yes, the team absolutely changes. I'll also say you mentioned brain health and physical health. I think intervening early, you know, listening to your body and having those conversations, there is a whole host of things that Mm -hmm. can be done if we pick things up early, you know, especially with brain health and physical health. Um, The longer you wait, the less, the the narrower the list of options are, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're more sort of in a reactive approach rather than proactively saying, hey, you know, we picked this up early we can really nip this in the bud. You right. know, prevention is better than cure, right. we always say. Of course. And so that, uh, again, to your point about how we customize it, uh, those are the conversations that we have. Okay, so with the population, 50 and up, they're listening to this, who would have or receive the greatest benefit from treatment and care from a successful aging specialist? Should every 50-year-old come and see a uh, successful aging specialist or who is going to benefit from this the most? So my answer would be two-part. My first answer would be one word, yes. I think everyone, everyone should come in for different reasons. Remember mm-hmm. we said, I mean, that is helping you as a, as a patient as your own, with your own you know, health as much as your role as a caregiver. You know, sure. You're helping out someone else, as we had said before. Um, but those needs and those conversations change over time. Um, who would benefit really the most is also people who are very interested in um, making sure that they retain their brain health and their physical health and people who don't want to take a ton of medications. And sure. to my mind, when I sort of think about that, like, I mean, that pretty much includes everyone, Everybody. including myself. <laughs> sure, sure. All right. So even if someone is, let's say, 65 or older and does not have any uh let's say just any diseases or serious diseases don't take a lot of medications yeah. should they they should still see yeah i mean it's an, it's an excellent question right and we get asked this a lot by mm-hmm. a lot of our patients you know sort of i'm having this conversation but i feel pretty good 
And uh, we say, you know, we'd say two things. We'd say, look, we that's great. Mm-hmm. We want to um, make sure that that keeps on going, right? Okay. And so a lot of the times we feel great, but do we know what is it about what we're doing in our day-to-day lifestyle that is keeping us great, that way. right? Okay. And so um, there is a lot of talk about what we call the blue zones concepts, and this is a... Areas of the world that have the longest living people, but you the lowest blue, zone? blue zones. Yes. Blue so zones. This came out of, uh, you know, actually a, um, you know, it's a movement now, but it came out uh, as a National Geographic, um, you know, uh, um, article or expedition to yeah. find the areas of the world that had the longest living people, people above the age of 100 with the lowest rates of disease. Okay. And they were hoping to find one culture and so that we could all learn from it. Yeah. They found five different cultures, as diverse as Okinawa and Japan, to Costa Rica, to Sardinia and Italy, to a group of uh, seven-day Adventists out in Loma Linda, California. And now they were stuck. California. That's right. And now they were stuck. So they were like five different cultures. What's common amongst these things? I mean, they're hoping to find just one. The deeper that folks have looked at this, they found that there are a lot of commonalities. And it is focused on exactly what we just talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, eating right. Mediterranean, plant-based, right? I told you I'm a fan of seafood. And so, again, that's uh, good for the health overall, brain health, cardiac health, uh, physical health, aerobic exercise that is built into your daily routine, Mm -hmm. sense of purpose and socialization. Um, And um, it's interesting that the research now is catching up every single month. We see articles coming out that are proving what these blue zone principles, you know, sort of these cultural enduring things over centuries science is now catching up and proving that all of those things are actually how we can help people age gracefully and successfully um and look and feel much younger than their you know chronological age would suggest so that's one thing you know sort of the secret sauce you know let's define the secret sauce and what's that secret sauce for you and how can we do more of the great work that you're doing and then the other thing is um a lot of the times the body is giving us a lot of signals right they're very subtle Mm -hmm. and um you know, my tendencies just on a human level, all of our tendencies very naturally is nobody wants to be sick. So we tend to sort of ignore it. Well, you know, this is changing, but this probably means nothing, right? Yeah. It causes a lot of anxiety internally. Sure. People talk to us about those anxieties. And our thing to them is like, look, we are like your early warning system. We want this to be on our radar very squarely. Mm-hmm. Because again, as we said, we don't want to wait until a time where all of these things have come together and there are 10 different things. And now you're in trouble. And the next thing you know, you're in the hospital. And there's hospitalization after hospitalization. We want to actually intervene where that thing was just at that 1%. And we nip that in the butt. And we just take care of business right then and there. So um, it's it's really, um, you know, a great learning experience. And I will say that we learn as much from our successful aging uh, individuals that we see. Uh, as they do from us, you know, sort of we're all, as we're living longer, uh, we get those principles from them. And our job is to really share it with the larger community, you know, so the next patient that comes in will say, well, you know, Mr. X just came in or Miss X just came in and uh, we talked about these great things that they're doing, you know, maybe we can sort of, you know, connect you with each other. And so we connect them with that community and those principles. And that's the sense of belonging and socialization that you were talking about. That's absolutely that's a right. secret sauce. Absolutely right. Blue zones. I need to read more about that because, you know, it's, it's very important to look at research. Absolutely. And, and I will say, are... you know, there is a book out there about yes. the blue zones. There's a TED Talk. And so I think the more we all learn, uh, the better we can help our own health and yes. feel empowered. Definitely. Great. All right. So 
Can a successful aging specialist help the patient or family members figure out how long they can remain in their own homes safely without assistance? And what kind of services would you recommend for someone that maybe needs an extra help? Absolutely. So we talked, we've talked a lot about, you know, early navigation system and warning system. And mm -hmm. I think one of the things that we talk about, and I think, you know, sort of those who are listening to this and watching this, you know, I'd like to uh, emphasize this is daily living activities that we do in our day-to-day -day lives. Mm -hmm. And we group them into acti basic activities of daily living and instrumental activities of daily living. So the instrumental activities of daily living are the more sort of things that we, you and I, take for granted every day, mm -hmm. but can change over time. So our ability to manage our finances, to manage our medications, to be able to drive, yeah. to um, you know, do things like grocery shopping and cooking, you know, how to prepare meals. Um, do some household chores and things around the house, do laundry, um, and also very basic activities of daily living that we don't, I mean, it's natural to us, we just don't even think about it, uh, you know, eating, bathing, dressing, going to the bathroom. Um, these are things that can change over time. You know, they change very subtly, especially the instrumental activities of daily living, as I said, the finances, the medications, the driving. And as those things change, that is a you know, red alert for us to sort of say, well, you know, this can pose a counter to your ability to stay independent in your own home. Mm. I have never met a single patient or family member or any individual for that matter who says that there is any place better than home. Right. All of us want to stay at Everybody, home, yeah. independent. We, sure. we, we uh, love and, uh, you know, celebrate our independence and rightly so. Sure. And so as we talk about these things, you know, how is it going in your day-to-day -day life with these activities? And are there any changes that you note? We sort of say, well, if it's changing, what can we do about it from a health perspective? But if you're needing a little bit of help, remember I said it's a marathon, right? right. It's not a sprint. Right. It's okay to accept that help, right? And then we work with our community partners and we have many of them now, um, such as, you know, Benjamin Rose Institute on Aging, Alzheimer's Association, there are a lot of uh, not-for-profit at no cost to the patient entities that can actually help uh, with um, home safety modifications mm -hmm. or services in the home setting, right? And how do you, how does insurance cover that? How do I apply for that? Do right. I qualify for those benefits? And so all those conversations in a very practical level, just like you and I would have a conversation, sure. the same thing. We're talking to people who want to, you know, stay independent in their homes. Our job is to connect them to all the richness of resources. And I yes. will say in our area, we are very fortunate in the greater Cleveland area in Northeast Ohio, but really with the Cleveland Clinic everywhere at yes. all of our locations, partners who have been doing phenomenal work out in the community, um, helping people stay independent in their homes. But our awareness of it is the thing that we have to really work on. Sure. And so um, absolutely, that's a big part of that visit. Okay, well, I'm going to actually jump on to the next question I had, which was about palliative care and living will discussions, power of attorney. Yeah. That's something that you would also bring up to your patients then? Because it sounds like you don't yeah. just see the physical and mental. You're also working on the stuff that usually I would think about when then I go home. Absolutely, know, absolutely. And I think so crucially important and really under the um, umbrella of what matters most yes. to each one yes. of us, right? right. And so... I mean, I think it, there has been a great deal of emphasis on having conversations about end of life and goals of care and sort of, you know, how would we want to uh, be treated, our wishes to be respected and in that phase of life. 
Um, and who knows about it, right? right? Do our family members know about it? Do I have someone who can represent me, a healthcare representative or power of attorney, sure. who knows me and my wishes well enough so that if I can't have that conversation, I have a backup, yes. right? But also what those wishes are and where is that documented? Uh, does my primary care physician, do my specialists, or do all my doctors know about it? And as I go in, you know, uh, God forbid, into a hospital uh, for an urgent need, uh, does the hospital team know about that, right. right? And so we not only have those conversations, but try to see how those conversations, those preferences can change and should change over time mm -hmm. as our bodies change. But it's much bigger than that, right? So it's our emphasis now as successful aging specialists or geriatricians is to have the conversation about not only how do I want to be treated at the end of my life, but how do I want to live? Mm -hmm. Not just how I want to die, but how I want to live. Yes. And... Um, you know, Atul Gawande talks about this or describes this very eloquently in Being Mortal, right? It's, it's, it's how we want to live. That is what matters more than anything yes. else. And so um, starting off with that every single visit, every single time, really helps to find that conversation and also brings family members into the conversation too, yes. right? I mean, you talked about part of this is financial planning. And if you are needing more help or you're needing a different setting or level of care, how do families plan for this, right? How do we talk about the insurance? Um, and so there's a lot of support for caregivers as well. And I think that's something that our caregivers should know more about. And increasingly, we have those conversations um, about difficult conversations. One of them yeah. is this goals of care thing. Sure. But the other conversations are behavioral changes that are happening, you know, things that are different changes in personality that family members will notice, sure. but might be hesitant to bring up. And how do I bring that up? How do I bring up with a loved one that their memory is changing? I love them. I care about them. But how do I bring that into yeah. the you know conversation with them? Um, and, um, you know, driving, that's a great, you know, part of our independence, yes. right? Mm -hmm. If that's changing, well, the earlier you intervene, the more help you can have and how we can support you to stay safe out there. Um, but how do you have those conversations with, uh, with family members? Right. Um, and what sort of impact is that having on their own health, on the, care on the caregiver's own health? Mm -hmm. We always say, I'm taking care of myself, but I'm also taking care of an older loved one. If I am not doing well with my own health, then that's twofold, yeah. right? It's a double whammy. Yeah. Now, I'm not doing well, and I'm not able to uh, you know, provide that care. Sure. So the person that I'm caring, taking care of is also, their health is going to suffer too. So it's, um, you know, we say when, you know, you go on the plane, they always say sort of, you know, the oxygen drops down, help yourself first before yes. you help other folks. Yes. This is the same concept. Same you have to thing. help yourself to help other people. Okay, so you read my mind. That was going to be my next question. So <laughs> my next question was going to be, how can a successful aging specialist help a caregiver to the elderly? And to add to that, I want to ask, do caregivers go with, uh, let's say the parents like yeah. to, to these uh, especially if it's a single parent maybe right. um, do they go to these appointments do you get to actually say everything in front of them do they get to bring up things what do you suggest for caregivers that are taking care of elderly so I think the conversations that we've just talked about and you know how to have those difficult conversations mm -hmm. how to plan in terms of finances how to connect them to those resources that they need to have how do they take care of themselves right, right? and so the way the visit is structured you know to your initial point was um, so, you know, you come in for your 60-minute visit. So 
prior to that visit, as you as you you as an individual are going through you know screening with our other team members and sort of you know how your brain health is and physical health is, mm-hmm. we are actually in another room dedicated to the caregiver wow. and sitting down with them and having that conversation for a full half an hour just talking about these issues. Mm-hmm. You know, how are they taking care of themselves? What are their concerns about their family member? How can we help? What are the resources that they're that that are available to them? There are forty million families out there nationally that are taking care of an older dependent yeah. with little to no you know help from you know any sort of formal help yeah. uh, that they're aware of it's not that those resources don't exist they exist but it's if you don't have those conversations and if you don't connect them with members of the community that we had mentioned yes um how would we know about it right, right. and and again you know to the um you know uh, the benjamin roses of the world the alzheimer's associations of the world those not-for-profit agencies of the world, you know, sort of uh, Place for Mom is one of them. And, you know, no, no cost to the patients and families, imagine, in finding a place that is going to be safe for them and promote their wellness. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as our emphasis grows on building this team, people who benefit are our patients and our family members. So the caregivers are not just involved. They're almost a part of that treatment or of the they're visit. Part of that treatment. They're driving, they're reminding them they're mad. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, I, 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 I will draw this parallel off, um, you know, uh, the other um, phase of life, you know, the, the beginning of life, you know, pe- pediatrics. Yes. Uh, when we take our children to the doctor, uh, children are not just smaller adults. Right. I mean, otherwise we take them to our primary care physician. We don't. Um, Women's health is a big thing. Why does women's health exist? Because it deals in with, you know, issues that are very specific to promotion of uh, wellness Mm -hmm. and health issues. Very specific to, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, our our female patients. And so who do they meet? They meet a, you know, women's um, health specialist. Similar the situation here, right? Okay. So what's different about, you know, the pediatrician that's, you know, taking care of your child is they are well-versed with the physiological changes that we've talked about. Sure. Similarly, the successful aging specialist is well-versed with those physiological changes. Mm-hmm. You want to have that conversation. You want to have that distinction, that uniqueness. You cannot reproduce that with any other physician that you see. So um, I think um, for families, as the roles are reversed and now they're taking care of not only their children, but an older person sure. uh, in their family as well, an older loved one, um, it's the same sort of thing. You know, you're taking your child for a wellness visit so that they can get the vaccinations that they need. Yeah. You're taking your older uh, family member that you care for and love to a visit so that we can talk about what are the vaccinations that you need. Sure. You know, should you be still getting your colonoscopy or is it dangerous after a certain point? Mm-hmm. Should you be getting that shingles shot? Should you, uh, how long should be, you know, how long should we be doing mammograms for? Should we be getting a bone density scan? So these are issues that are incredibly important to patients and family members who are trying to help them. Sure. And if the family member can take time off and have those conversations in one visit setting with an entire team, boy, you just saved me five different visits, yeah. five different copays, and um, time off from work. Yeah. And you know what? People usually honestly just go and Google everything. So I'm glad there's one person we could just come talk to. I think that's very, very important. So you've said earlier the secret sauce. But by practicing good health habits now, so baby boomers can maybe enjoy a more enjoyable, healthy old age. You mentioned quality of life. Can you talk about some proactive steps or habits that older adults should adopt for prevention, just for the people that are listening or watching? Yeah, I mean, I think... 
I, I think that's incredibly important. I think, um, you know, what's good for your heart is good for your brain health. Yes. Um, so eating wisely in that situation, um, you know, sort of low cholesterol diet, low fat diet, but really emphasis on protein and muscle building. So that as you are taking care of your brain health, you're also taking care of your physical health, yeah. right? And rebuilding a lot of that muscle that, that you're losing. Um, eating regularly and well, importance of staying hydrated, well hydrated. We talked about how thirst goes away. Yes. Um, and then building in that exercise, and I would really put a big plug for aerobic exercise okay. and a little bit of resistance, you know, sort of strength training, but a lot of aerobic exercise like walking or swimming, yeah. um, anything that fits your lifestyle or your interests into your daily routine. And it's not about how much you do, it's about how regularly you do it. Yes, so even if you did 10 minutes of aerobic exercise every single day, the every single day part is what's going to keep you well. Yes. Um, you know, we mentioned the blue zone principles. And yes. so I always sort of mention the um, Sardinian. So Sardinia, rocky terrain, you know, fabulous island, wonderful people. The roads are too narrow for, you know, a lot of automobiles to mm -hmm. go through. So what do you do when you want to go and see your friend? You walk, walk or, you know, you, you, you get on your bicycle and you bike there. Yeah. Um, and so those, those are things that are naturally part of the day-to-day -day life. For the Japanese, it's sort of, you know, Culturally, they sit on the floor and have meals together, so that sense of community. But every time that they, you know, sort of get up to greet someone, that getting up and down mm -hmm. off the floor, you know, so it's sort of inbuilt into those cultures, yes. into those routines. Yes. Um, so that's the sort of thing, and that sense of community and social engagement. Um, there's a lot of social connectivity, I think, in the power of uh, social media and internet. Uh, but FaceTime, I FaceTime. think, has taken a backseat, mm -hmm. right? And those sort of connections and family connections, and um, you know, the thing that you know. I enjoy doing with uh, with my family and my you know two year old and my wife is uh, you know meals together with the family and how important those conversations are uh, to really de stress take the stress off. Um, I will say another big thing: sense of purpose. And yes. you know, as we retire, um, society really celebrates the young you know um, uh, the beauty of youth and you know sort of the working class. But who's to say that we retired sixty five anymore, right? I mean, right. and if if we do. Who's to say that we now we have time to do the things that we've always wanted to do? Right. So taking charge of that schedule and really scheduling the things that you've always wanted to do, having that sense of purpose, and really volunteering your time. This is another part of the secret sauce. The more you volunteer your time, the health benefits of this are immense. Yeah. They are significant. Uh, it makes you feel good all day. You know, you help someone else out, and sure. and and maybe you even help someone out who is similarly going through the same phase of life that you are. Yeah, um, relating to, to you. And relating to you, yeah. So um, mindfulness seems to be a, a yeah. new trendy thing in the secret sauce nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> is that something, do you uh, talk about meditation with your uh, elder patients or anything like that? Absolutely, incredibly important, incredibly so. And I think that taking that time out for yourself where you are really focused on your body and your, you know, sort of even your breathing and yeah, sort of in a space. very quiet sort of space, which is sort of, you know, free of, uh, you know, the constant technology yes. intrusions of, yes. you know, cell phones going off and, uh, you know, emails coming in. Just time for yourself, you know, taking mm -hmm. a step back and sort of saying, hey, you know, we talked about the pace of things, that marathon thing. You know, part of that pace is slowing things down. It's yeah. okay to slow things down yeah. and sort of take time in your day-to-day -day life for those things. Um, and again, as I said, you know, it takes a village. And so, you know, nutritionists can talk to you um, incredibly about your diet. Uh, similarly, a lot of our 
um, care coordinators and health coaches and um, you know primary care coordinators who are actually work with us as specialty core coordinators they sit down and have those conversations yeah. you know, how can we make your life easier and so each one of those individuals to the best of their expertise they talk to the pharmacist you know talking about your medications and so as you go through these you know four or five really even mini visits you know sort of in addition to the FaceTime that you have with us it really gives a little a completely different perspective and yeah. uh, and and a lot of renewed energy to sort of saying you know life doesn't have to be this way sure. i'm in charge of my own health and i can i should be the one who should be calling the shots here Absolutely. uh we just put a team behind that and sort of say you're not alone we're going to advocate for you we're here for you perfect speaking of pharmacists so yeah. <laughs> often as we age the number of medical problems are going to increase and with this, the number of medicines will increase. So with the side effects, the drug interactions, can you talk about the medication management that you've mentioned before um, and how you can help with that? Absolutely. I mean, I'll give you the example of blood pressure and diabetes. Okay. Um, throughout our lives, you know, we've been told to sort of, you know, control the blood pressure, control the diabetes as much as possible, yes. right? But we've heard about too much, uh, you know, if a good thing can be bad for you. Mm -hmm. It's the same sort of thing here, you know, intense diabetes control, intense blood pressure control, where your blood pressure is too low now, mm. or your diabetes is like too you know, low so that you have low blood sugars, that can lead to a lot of confusion, a lot of falls, mm. you know, so a lot of impact on your health overall, leading to a lot of hospitalizations. And so there's a balance. It's always a matter of balance, right? These are, this is just a matter of common sense that our bodies feel. They don't feel well when our blood pressure or our sugar levels are too high. They don't feel well when those levels are too low, right? And so the silver lining that not a lot of people talk to you about, but our team talks to you about as a successful aging specialist, but our, our successful aging pharmacist, if I can call yes. her that, mm -hmm. is, you know, you're on three different blood pressure medicines right now, but your blood pressure is too low. Or you're on three different diabetes medicines, but your sugar levels are too low. Do you really need to be on those three medications? Mm -hmm. Or can we start reducing the doses of this, right? Very judiciously, yes. very deliberately, not just sort of taking people off. But in a very measured way, as people come down on those doses, because your bodies are changing, because the silver lining there is the body does not need as much medication as we get older. Physiologically, it needs less and less to get better and better. Not to say that they don't need medications, but the medicine that you're taking should be helping you. Because if it's not helping you anymore, well, the only thing that is doing in your body is it's causing harm and it's causing side effects mm -hmm. and it's interacting with the rest of your medications. Yes. So my healthiest 90-year-old patients are those people who came to us on 15 different medications. Wow. All started with the best of intentions over time. Now, at the age of 90, and they look like they're 30 years younger. Why do they do that? Because now they're taking three medications. Wow. And they can tell me or you or anybody else, why am I on those three medications? What, how is that helping me? And they will be more than happy to tell you the story of how they got off the medications and how good it made them feel. Every time they walk through that door for that successful aging visit, whether it's annually or more frequently than that, we see a different person walk through the door. And they have done that by working with us and getting off of these medications. And they bring all medications. You're talking from heart to diabetes to blood, every single medication. Absolutely. And you will get to work with their pharmacists. Absolutely. To and and we always encourage to sort of bring in the actual medication bottles, including mm -hmm. supplements. You know, that's a supplement world is out there. You know, is this good to help mm -hmm. me with my, with my successful aging? And I will say that we talk through those things. And we sure. say, well, some things are much better than others. There are other things that could have contents in them that are potentially harmful, and you right. want to be able to 
you know, avoid those. Yeah. Um, just going through that exercise is a big eye opener for patients, but also for family members. When they see those 15 medication bottles on that, you know, in that visit on that tabletop, um, nobody wants to take sure. that much. Sure. You know, what's funny, uh, my brother is a pharmacist, and I mentioned that we're talking ah, today, fantastic. and he mentioned to me one of the issues that he sees is that um, the doctor, let's say cardiologist will give you some heart medication. I'll tell you, take this twice a day, and you go home, and then you have the diabetes doctor take this once a day. Yes. So which one do you take first? Are you taking it in the morning? Yes. Are you taking it at night? How yes. There's so many things that yes. come with it that maybe people are not aware about but what you're mentioning in your uh, field as a successful aging specialist you would take all of this kind of like compound everything and kind of work through what's the side effect why you're feeling that way and you're able to call the shots on what to completely stop taking correct absolutely right and i think um you know i'll take a step back and sort of say when you see your brother next to big thank you to him <laughs> uh Pharmacists are uh, the cutting edge as one of, you know, including our other team members like their physical therapists and our nutritionists yes. and, you know, our social workers and our care coordinators. But, what, you know, we don't uh, emphasize this enough that they are really, this is the future. Yes. Their role is as important as my role as a successful aging specialist because they're part of that successful aging team. Yes. Um, to your brother's point, you know, to any uh, and, and every single pharmacist on our team will 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 echo exactly what your brother has very astutely pointed out is there's no cross communication here. Right. So your specialists are all in the right hand, doesn't know what the left hand is doing. And so I'm the one who's taking all these medications. Right. right. And so I'm going to listen to all these specialists. But the timing of these medications and are there alternatives within those medications? Can we have you on a medication that is more long acting so that you don't have to take this medication three times a day. Right. Maybe exactly. you can just take it once a day. There's sure. a formulation that's there. Um, you know, um, is there a medication that, it, that I sort of am being guided to over the counter that has some harmful effects and you don't want to take that. Right. And so to have that conversation when you, you know, go to your successful aging visit. Um, and I would say, you know, to your point about like so many medications, how do I sort of time this is, um, you know, cost is a big issue too here, right? Yes. And so um, does it have to be that brand name? And I will say 100% of the time, absolutely not. Okay. doesn't have to be that brand Could name at all. It's can be generic, right? And yeah. nationally, I will say, you know, again, as I said, you know, there are a lot of successful models in successful aging and in geriatrics. And I think healthcare in general now is learning from those models, mm -hmm. you know, and I think uh, it is about time and we are very happy that that's happening. Um, but those models are part of the same thing, you know, sure. working as a team and sort of working on improving the quality of care, but lowering the cost of care, okay. which we always talk about. Okay. And in terms of just the medication, so if you're taking a few medications and there's less cost to that anyways, but if you're taking generics, even better yet. Mm -hmm. And if you're staying out of the hospital right. and you're staying out of the emergency room and you are not going to five different visits and you're reducing those copay, all of that is a financial benefit to you, right? Yes. I mean, you have saved and worked very hard throughout your life for your own retirement and yes. to be there for your loved ones and to make sure that they have enough. You don't want to be spending that on reactively waiting until you're in trouble. You want to be spending it on, you know, low cost things or even things that are free, right? Which is sunshine and aerobic exercise and yeah. eating right. Doesn't cost a thing, but is it saving a lot of cost to our, uh, you know, 
uh, our patients and families? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because just like you absolutely. mentioned, I mean, that, that literally was going to be my next question, but you answered it. And um, to have someone going through retirement or going to go through retirement, you know, the, the uh, income decreases. Yes. So they start thinking, uh, do, uh, do I need to see a specialist? Or Pl- can I cut this pill in half? Plus, you want to save up those dollars to go to South Africa. Like, yes. I want to keep I'd on going travel to, right? I, 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 w- I wouldn't want to keep on going into the hospital and sort of, you know, doing that and yeah. spending all my, you know, energies and, and money sure. really on that. Um, and, you know, I think it's worthwhile seeing a uh, financial planner. You know, there are sure. very uh, specific, dedicated uh, individuals who work with our team and we can connect you to them through the successful aging visits and our successful um, you know aging team um, to help you plan that you know how do you plan for that you know it's 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 all part and parcel of the same thing um, unfortunately I think we have gravitated towards talking about these things in five different conversations in a very siloed way but when we talk about things practically just for our own selves you know we don't make any distinction right, right. I mean these things are all going to support our health, uh, exactly. including financial planning, including yeah. the home that we live in, and how do we continue ending up you know, living there. Um, so uh, there's a lot of richness in, uh, in that uh, content. And this is not a very frequent visit to a geriatrician or a successful aging specialist, correct? It's at least once a year. And I think beyond year. that, it all depends upon your needs and how, okay. uh, what are the things that uh, come up in those conversations. There's no limit to how many it can be, you know, sort of it's, uh, but it should be incredibly beneficial to you. So I would say at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it saves you those five other visits, well, then, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a it. lot of our, uh, we, we, so we hear from uh, caregivers and family members. In fact, this thing of, um, you know, we have a successful aging program now. It said, when can we, you know, come in and see this thing about, you know, actually using the age of 50 is actually come from our families and caregivers. You know, they actually would come to us and say, I'm dealing with all of these things. Can you know, I this come is in? Benefit. Yeah. Can I come in? Yeah. You know, and I, can I talk to you? You're spending a lot of time with me. It's as much my visit as it is yours. So our, our response to them is absolutely, you know, our desire is to be more inclusive rather than exclusive. Sure. And, um, you know, more, more power to spreading the word about this. So the Successful Aging Program, you just mentioned that. That's a Cleveland Clinic program that helps adults ages 50 and older achieve their health and life goals. So is there anything else that you wanted to talk about with that program a little bit? I think uh, access. You know, access. I think uh, our CEO talks about access and how we want to touch as many lives as possible. I heard him on NPR uh, yesterday and he mm-hmm. echoed the same thing. And in perfect alignment with that, I mean, I think uh, what the Successful Aging Program does is connects you to a uh, board-certified expert in your aging and a team of specialists sure. with the time that you need um, we um, uh, also would emphasize that getting in to see a successful aging specialist, so how long does that take? Within the same week or next week is our promise to you. Wow. Just in terms of the novel scheduling system that we have in place. And probably, you know, sort of the best kept secret of the clinic, but we don't want it to be a secret anymore. We want it to be out there and available yes. to people um, so that you can, you can come in and, 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 and spend that time with us. That is your time. So you're saying if someone calls in for uh, an appointment or to get into this program, they only have one or two weeks until to and get a in. wait time. So what that, what awesome. helps with that is that we are at nine different sites across Northeast Ohio. We're out in the region. 
And so that helps a lot. So you don't have to, you know, you can go close yeah, to, where you live. to where you live. And, um, and, and, and that opens up a lot of access and a lot of slots to come in and be seen. Sure. Um, as long as you call, you know, sort of a specific number. And, yeah. uh, you know, as long as you call that number, we can guide you in. I'll, I'll give that number out you. for you right now. So if your age is 50 and up and you want to learn more about the Successful Aging Program, you can call 216-444-5665 to schedule your visit. Well, it's been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. A pleasure is all mine. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so for having much. me on Thank board. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. And if you are, um, just like I said, I'm going to say it again, but if you'd like to make an appointment with a successful aging specialist, you can call 216-444-5665. 50 years and up. Again, quality of life and caregivers along. And thanks again for our listeners and viewers for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To listen to more of our Health Essentials podcast from our Cleveland Clinic experts, make sure you go to clevelandclinic.org slash H-E podcast. Or you can subscribe on iTunes. And for more health tips, news, and information, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at Cleveland Clinic, just one word. Thank you. We'll see you again next time. This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.